Hi, welcome to Diversity in D313. I'm your host, Donna, and this is my co-host. Peace out, love. And today we're going to go over the case of Catherine Knight. Case of Catherine Knight. Catherine Knight and her twin sister was born in 1955 and was raised in an unconventional and dysfunctional family environment. Catherine's mom, Barbara, was having an affair with Barbara's husband's Jack co-worker, Ken. Jack ended up passing away, and Barbara ended up with Ken after that. He was a violent alcoholic who who would rape Barbara sometimes as many as ten times a day. Then, as would then she would turn around and complain about men and share intimate details about her sex life with and. How much she hated men and sex later in life. Catherine went to her to her mother telling her mom that one of her sexual partners wanted her to perform sex acts on him that she didn't want to do. Her mother ended up her and her mother told her to put up to put up with it and stop complaining. That's crazy. Catherine claimed she was frequently sexually assaulted by several members of her family members through not by her father, which continued until she was the age of 11. The only people Catherine was really close to was her twin sister and her her uncle who committed suicide in 1969. Catherine was devastated when he died and always said that he that his ghost would come visit her. Catherine was a model was a model student in school and was known for her good behavior. Catherine became a loner and as remembered by classmates as a bully who stood over some over smaller children. She she assaulted one at least one boy at school with a weapon and and once injured by a teacher who was found to have acted in self-defense. She left school at the age of 15, although she could not read or write and found a job at a at a clothing factory as a cutter. 12, 12 months later, she left the clothing factory and got a job at what she called her dream job at a slaughterhouse as a butcher. She was eventually promoted to a boner which where they gave her a set of butcher knives in which she hung them over her bed because she said you never know when they will come in handy in 1974 Catherine married David Kelly he was a close friend of Catherine's brother if David Got into a fight. Catherine was always there to step in and handle things physically with fist fighting. When they got married, Catherine's mom, Barbara, told they told David, the only girl, the old girl, Knight's mother, said to me, watch out. You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stare her, <laughs> stare, stare her, 
the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing on her. Cheating on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that was her mother talking. She she told me she got something loose. She's got a loose screw somewhere. And on their wet night, Catherine tried to <laughs> I can't make this up. <laughs> tried to strangle David. She she said it was because David fell asleep after only having sexual intercourse three times. Their marriage was very violent. Catherine was pregnant and was mad at David. Stayed out late for dark competitions because because he made it to the finals and burnt all his clothes and shoes and hit him in the head with a frying pan. David <laughs> fled before collapsing at the neighbor's house from fractured skull. Police were going to charge Catherine, but she talked David out of it by acting nice to him. In 1976, Catherine and David had their first daughter, but David ended up leaving Catherine for another woman. Catherine was pushing her baby in a baby carriage, violently <laughs> throwing, what? throwing side to side down the main street and was admitted to a hospital with post-paramedic depression. It it took her several weeks to re to recover after she was released. She she placed the two-month-old baby on a railroad shortly before the train was coming, and then stole a axe and went into town and threatened to kill many people as she as she was in town as. A, as a homeless man came across the baby on the railroad tracks and rescued the baby minutes before the train had got through, Catherine was arrested again and only spent one day in a mental institution. She signed herself out and was back out. A few days later, Catherine smashed a woman's face and demanded that the woman take her to find David in Queensland. The woman escaped at the service station, but when police arrived, Catherine had took a young boy as a hostage, threatened him with a knife. The police attacked Catherine with a with brooms and was able <laughs> to disarm her and took her back to the mental hospital. She told the nurse she wanted to kill she she wanted to kill the mechanic at the service station for fixing David's car and then she was going to kill David and his mother when she arrived in Queensland. Police told the Queensland police told David and David's police told David and David to move. David's mom. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> mom. <my bad. laughs> with his girlfriend's mother was released on August 9, 1976 until the car of his mother-in-law and David would had and David and started a job at Meat Place on March 6, 1980. They had another daughter, but this time after the second daughter was born, Catherine left David and moved and moved in with her mother, then eventually started started 
to rent a house, but she suffered an injury at work, hurting her back, and had to start getting disability. In 1986, Catherine met a 38-year-old miner named David Sanders. Saunders. He ended up moving in with Catherine and her daughters. Catherine would go through her jealous rages and throw him out because she was worried about what he did when he was when she was not around but would always beg him to come back in may of 1987 she cut the throat of his two-month-old puppy in front of him just to show him what she would do to him if he had an affair and then she knocked she knocked him unconscious with a frying pan and in June of 1988, Catherine would have another daughter. So David decided to put to put a deposit on the house. Catherine, Catherine, ordered the house with animal. She uh, she decorated the house with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. No space included. Ceilings was was left uncovered. After after argument, she hit David in the face with an iron and stabbed him in the abdomen with a pair of scissors. He moved out when he came back to find out that Catherine had cut up all his clothes. So David had enough. He took a leave from his job and went into hiding. Catherine tried to find him, but... It was until several months later he would return to see his daughter. And then, and that's when he found out Catherine had placed an apparent uh, uh, apparent violence order against him as he went into the cops and told them that she was afraid of him. In 1991, Catherine became pregnant by a 43-year-old co-worker of hers named John Collinsworth, Chillingsworth, and gave birth to a boy the following year. Their relationship lasted three years until Catherine left him for John Price, who she was having an affair with for a while. He was the father of, the father of three, and everyone liked, liked him. He had ended he had ended the marriage in nineteen eighty eight. One of his daughters went to the how the 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 hoe's wife? Jesus Christ. That's that's the hoes with the hoes wife. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. With the hoes wife. That's what it says. After <laughs> with the hoes wife after the separation, but two <laughs> remained with him. He was aware of Catherine Violin's ways, but still <laughs> let her move into his home in 1995. His children, like her, they would argue occasionally, but besides that, life was going well for them. In 1998, they had a big argument because John refused to marry Catherine, so she videotaped, videotaped items that John had stolen work and sent it to his boss most of the items were outdated outdated medical kits that got from the rubbish piles 
his boss still fired him. He kicked Catherine out that day, and, and news of what Catherine did to John had been told around the town. And a few months later, they got back together. But he would not let Catherine move in with him. The fighting was going on more often. John friend didn't want to be around him long as he remained with Catherine. On February 2000, Catherine stabbed John with a knife in the chest. That was the last straw for John. And in February 28th, he stopped by the courts and on his way to work, got a restraining order against her. So she would not be allowed near him or his kids. And when it went, then when he went to work, John told his coworkers that if he didn't come into work the next day, because it's because Catherine had killed him. So his co-workers pleaded with John not to return home, but he was afraid that Catherine would hurt his kids if, if he did not. When he arrived home, he discovered Catherine had sent the kids over to a sleepover at friend at their friends. He spent he spent the evening at the neighbor's house, finally going home, going to bed at eleven. That night Catherine later arrived at John's house. They had sex. John fell asleep. The next day, a neighbor noticed John's car was in the driveway at 6 a.m. and became concerned. And when they, when then when he didn't arrive at work, his boss sent another worker to see what was going on with John. Both of the workers and neighbors tried knocking on the door in John's windows, thinking that he may have overslept. But when they went into the front, when they went to the front door they noticed blood so they alerted the police right away when the police arrived they broke down the door in the back door and when they came in the house they found Catherine passed out from taking a large amount of pills and John body but he was skint and his head was missing wow he had been stabbed 38 time some of the stab wounds in their vital organs as the police looked through the crimes at through the crime scene and evidence they came to believe that john had turned on the light when he woke up trying to escape catherine he was chased through the house had he had managed to open the door and get outside but he either stumbled back inside or was dragged back into the hallway where he bled out and died catherine then went into an atm and withdraw one thousand dollars from his account then after and after hours of john laying there dead decided she would skim she would skim him and hang him oh god from a meat hook that he hung from the door going into the lounge room but she wasn't done yet. She then cut his head, his damn head off, and part and parts of his body. Then it wasn't even the worst part of it yet. She then set out place setting a table which had a note besides each setting for John's children with their names on it. And on the plates were meat and baked potatoes, carrots, pumpkins, 
beach roots. Uh, zucchini. Zucchini, and you can finish from there. <laughs> zucchini, I got Cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. She was going to serve John's kids his body as dinner. A third meal, a third meal was thrown on the back lawn for unknown reasons. Police think that night had attempted to eat it but could not. She claims that she has no memory of the crime. Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. The pot was so warm, estimated to be at between 104 and 122 degrees Fahrenheit, indicating that the cooking had taken place in the early morning. Sometimes later, she had also arranged his body with his left arm draped over an empty 1.25 liter soft drink bottle with the legs crossed. She had left a handwritten note on top of the photograph of John, bloodstained and covered with a small piece of flesh that read, Time got you back, Jonathan, for raping my daughter. You two back Price's daughter for Ross's, for Ross, for little John, his son. Now play with little John's dick, John Price. These accusations against John were never proven. Catherine initially offered to plead guilty to manslaughter, but the court rejected it, and on March 2, 2001, she entered a plea of not guilty, but she was set to go to trial on July 23, 2001. But her lawyer felt, felt ill, so it was rescheduled for October 15, 2001. And when her trial finally happened, the judge gave the jury the choice of being excused due to the nature of the photographic evidence. Catherine's attorney spoke to the judge and the trial was adjourned until the next day, and the next day Catherine ch changed her plea to guilty. Catherine still refused to accept any responsibility for her actions. At the sentencing hear hearing, her lawyers requested that she be excused to avoid hearing some other facts, but the application was refused. When Timothy Lyons took the stand and described the skinning and decapitation, Knight became hysterical and had to be sedated. On the 8th of November, she was sentenced to life imprisonment. The judge refused to fix a non-parole period in order that her papers be marked definitely never to be released. The first time that this has... This had been imposed on a woman in Australian history. That, that was the case of Catherine Knight. So, <laughs> what do you think about that case? I mean, sound vindictive. Like, she was doing all of she was doing all the affairs. Right. And then she wanted to take it out. She couldn't take the she couldn't take the damn heat. They didn't get a chance to do nothing. She was out there doing it and they didn't want to harm somebody because you out there doing wrong. Well, I think her mom had on the nose in the beginning. She was a crazy bitch. <laughs> Mama knew that. Why she didn't do nothing about it? That's why I call being a parent. <laughs> the hell? How you gonna stop having these damn kids? You can't control them. How you gonna skin somebody, decapitate them, and then try to feed them to their kids? Because of that, one of them guys would have did her like that. It would have been World War Three. They wouldn't have had a damn chance, and they wouldn't have had a dog, a cat, a fish in the fight. That's just disgusting. Just think about that. Just it's disgusting. See, they be making they be making things kind of messed up because if a if a guy does that to a woman, he's just coming to earth. So why can she get away with it? And wonder why they do that now because of that, those type of things. If a guy do all that gruesome that gruesome behavior, that type of activity, he would be up under the jail. Well, look how many times they sent her to the mental home and then let her took let her get out. I mean that, and I don't know what type of mental home she was at because I ain't thought you you ain't supposed to be able to sign yourself out there mental home. <laughs> right. And then you put your baby on a railroad tracks. Right. You tell your, you baby, your baby. So 
I guess I guess stupidity ran in the family. Her mama didn't do nothing about her, so then she gonna take it out on her own kids. Uh, yeah, that. See how many people she gonna be trying to skin up in prison? Cause you ain't gonna get a damn chance. You don't got no dog in the fight there. <laughs> yeah, that's just sick. She is a sick, crazy bitch. How you go, motherfucker? What's name? How you gonna be mad? You out there fucking around having kids on niggas and then you mad at them. I don't know. Ugh. Where was that at? That was in Australia. Yeah, it couldn't been in Detroit. She'd have been gone. She'd have checked out a long time ago. <laughs> Oof. Just for her having an affair. Oh, my stomach's turning still after just reading that. <laughs> they need that crazy bitch outside. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> Well, get our ass uh, smoked in Detroit. We'll play that shit on the dirty day. Yeah, that's just gross. Well, perfect case for Valentine's Day, I guess. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. So we're talking about the damn St. Valentine's Massacre and all that damn <laughs> shit. Is there anything you want to say to anybody? Hey, shout out to y'all. Thank y'all for y'all support. Y'all love. Everybody be safe. Please be safe out here. Happy Valentine's Day. Keep it going. We love you guys. You guys gotta let us know what y'all wanna hear and sooner or later we're gonna get we've been kinda busy. We're gonna get together with y'all guys. We wanna wanna hear what y'all wanna say and maybe get y'all on the show. So love you guys and thank you. God bless and be safe. And I just wanna say thank you to all our listeners. We really appreciate you. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and comment. We are also available on the following platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Our Facebook page is Diversity in D. Our email is diversityinthed at gmail.com, but it's spelled D-I-B-E-R-C-I-T-Y-I-N-T-H-E-D. Thanks again to our listeners. Without you, there's no us. And we are now on Instagram, Diversity in the D. Thank you, guys. Till next time.